Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. As I try and lift the fog out of my own mind as well as my glasses, I'll, I'll do my best to not miss a beat today. But uh, pardon me if I have to just uh, occasionally clean, clean my glasses. As we read the story today, we find a story that is very similar to the prodigal son. A story where we have two siblings. One that thinks they're doing the wrong thing. One, one thing that thinks they're doing the right thing. And the same sibling thinks the other sibling is doing the wrong thing. Very similar to what we read about the brother who was serving his father and doing everything that they needed while the other one frivolously took all this inheritance away and all the things that were important away. Similarly here, we have Martha who is challenging Jesus about what it is that, his sister, that her sister should be doing. He's saying, she says to our Lord God, I'm doing here, I'm, I'm doing everything as your disciple, I'm doing everything to have the house ready, to be ready to greet you, to do all the things. And my sister Mary is at your feet. But you don't challenge her to be with me. And Jesus turns around and says, well, she's doing the better part. So what is this better part? What are, what are the things that we can get out of this that, make, that can make our discipleship more effective? And what are the lessons that we can do to help us to interact with each other? Because if Martha was judging Mary about her discipleship, how many times do I hear stories from people who are disciples of Jesus judging the way other people do discipleship in the church? We're all different and we all have different ways of doing things. And Jesus says all those ways are fantastic because they're all for him. In, reading the, in the reading from Amos today, we can see the idea of what it means to be making things that are more, other things that are more important than God. And sometimes when, we say, when I say to you, sit with God, sit with Jesus, meditate, take the Sabbath, we see what Amos is saying about how our minds can be distracted by other things. In verse 4, we read, sorry, in verse 5, we read, when will they be saying, they will be saying when the new moon will be over so that we may sell grain and the Sabbath so that we may offer wheat for sale. We will make the ephah small and the shekel great. When we read that verse, what it says is, is we're sitting in the Sabbath, but we're thinking about what's the next thing that we have to do, or what do we have to do at work, or where do we have to be, who else do we have to serve? When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say, give us, Lord, our daily bread. Well, our daily bread, some of that daily bread needs to be used to nourish our relationship with God. That verse articulates the concern for materialism, for doing things that are not really related to God, but more related to us in our own power and strength. We're not very good at sitting with God, and sometimes we're not willing to be in that moment and allow the world to go to one side and for us to just have that moment of God, with God. 
And it seems to be human nature to struggle to be still in any sense of the word, let alone with our God, and not think about other things except what is our blessing from God and what can God give us to bless us even further. And Amos is very cutting in this passage because even in verse 4 he says, those who trample on the needy and bring ruin to the poor are the ones that don't keep the Sabbath. So what he's saying is that if you're not keeping the Sabbath, then you're doing things in your own power and sometimes when you do things in your own power, you can act in a way that tramples on other people's hearts and can bring ruin to the blessings of God in your life. In this passage that Amos is, uh, that we read from Amos today, that we share today, what we're getting a sense of is what it means to do things in our own power. I know when I've done things in my own power, 99.9% of the time I'm going to stumble and fall. I'm going to do a few things. For a moment I'm going to be happy, but the absolute blessings of what could have been always fall far short than when I stop to pray and ask God for a bit of help. God's wisdom is far greater than our own and we need to seek it. In the, in the Gospel reading that we read today, Martha saw herself as the most important person in that room. And so she trampled on Mary's efforts with God and she brought Mary's blessings to ruin because she did not seek to understand what Mary was doing but instead judged and used all, that, all those negative things like judgment, accusation against her sister. Jesus does not trample on Mary, nor does he bring her to ruin. Jesus says that Mary has chosen the better part. Mary has chosen to sit with Jesus and to listen to the gospel as Jesus presents it to her. She has not chosen to be busy for the sake of being busy, but has chosen to listen to Jesus to understand the purpose and pleasure in her life so that when Jesus does go from the house, she knows what to do and how to be in a world that can be confusing and hard and very frustrating. Even today we see people being evil to each other, and awful to each other. And yet we, we ask, sometimes we ask, well, where is God in all this? Well, God is in us. And we are the hands, feet and face of Jesus. And unless we sit in the Sabbath, we won't know how to be that. As I think of some of the sermons and some of the ideas I've listened to when I was sitting in the pews and listening to the preacher out the front... As I listened to those sermons, I felt that Jesus and that the relationship between Jesus and Mary was almost a passive one. Jesus was almost downloading into Mary what he needed her to do and she was like a robot that was being programmed and being sent out into the world. Can I say that when I sit with God, it's anything but passive. I'm in the room throwing things around, I'm arguing with God. Sometimes I'm jumping up and down because something went really right. I got a prompting and followed it. Sitting at God's feet is not a passive thing of getting a download. 
It's a, it's a moment of having an honest and true relationship with our God. We don't know what Jesus said to Mary and we don't know all the ins and outs. But can I suggest that in the, in, in the Middle East, if we were talking about a woman being passive, I don't think that would be the right way to describe a woman, would it, Measure? They, I don't think women in the Middle East are very passive. They will talk back, they will question, they will ask a lot of questions. And I can't see that Mary would be any different to that. So when we think of our Sabbath time, it's not a time, it's a time of stillness where we push away the world, but it can also be a very active time for us to be with our God. And one of the things I always ask you to do when you have your Sabbath is to sit with God and actually have an attitude of gratitude. Count the blessings that you've had in your life. Because if you take a moment, I'm sure you will find just one thing. And then if you look for one thing, you'll find two things. And then all of a sudden, this great sense of love comes over you and surrounds you. So I ask you, when you, when you start off your time of Sabbath, start off with your attitude of gratitude. Share with God what is on your heart. Being still is like the duck on the water. The duck on the water. They might be just floating along, but underneath, the legs are going very quick, aren't they? So be like that with God. This is a real relationship. This is a real relationship between two people. The person of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is a real person. And you are a real person. And you're in relationship with the, with the Lord Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth that knows every hair on your head. So I won't say much more about that one. <laughs> Some of the times, though, as we move forward in our lives do require us to sit with God because they also ask us not to bring trample and ruin into situations. If we completely rely on our own wisdom, sometimes the path that we go is not the godly path. And sometimes we need to allow God to share with us. And having been here for a while, I can, I can start using testimonies from here instead of other places. And one of them has been the, the discussion on how we actually support the worship on a Sunday, because I have a we have a congregation at St. Linus's where they see me at the start, but they, I don't have fellowship at the end. And then over here, generally, I don't have fellowship at the start, and then most people disappear before we have fellowship at the end. So I'm missing out on a lot, and you guys are missing out on a lot in both spaces. And, you know, in, when I started here, we had a discussion with the incumbency committee, and it was... Yeah, well, we could combine services occasionally or we can flip services or we can do all this sort of gymnastic stuff to try and get things happening. And yet, when I have my Sabbath time, it just wasn't sitting well. When I sit with my God and I say, Lord, these are the things I'm concerned about, I just had this touch on my heart that, we hadn't, that I hadn't actually understood what the prompting was in order to support the worship space. And so we keep praying, we keep arguing and, and discussing things and then it just came to me about the idea of, well, let's go to the bishop and ask for another priest and let's see if we can get a grant that can cover that for us. 
And having had that discussion with the bishop, um, using godly words, um, from both Bishop going, what are you talking about, Rob? And from me saying, well, this is what I'd like to do, Bishop Kate. Um, somehow God worked into that space and that discussion has flourished and now Bishop Kate is actually putting an application in on behalf of the parish. But the core of that is that God has put on my heart, it's not changing the people's worship practices, it's adding, looking for abundance to add, looking for another priest that we can have. Now, we might get a grant, and if we don't get a grant, well, what's the next step? Maybe getting a locum in every so often to do one congregation so that I can sit with the other one a bit longer. Or maybe, I don't know, there's going to be another plan. But I think God has put clearly on my heart that instead of changing the worship space's practice, we've got to add resources to support the worshippers in those moments. Now, had I kept my first idea and not sat in the Sabbath, well, I could have just trampled my way through things and we could have done things and ended up in some sort of a situation which ruined your experience of what it means to worship God, which ruined, could have ruined and trampled the experience of St. Linus. So when we make decisions, we've also got to re keep revisiting them. Sometimes we make a decision, and I don't know if you've had that experience, we go, I'm going to make this decision, but it just doesn't feel right. There's something missing. There's something I'm just not getting in it. Keep having your Sabbath. Keep offering it to God. And follow the promptings that you're given. I mean, someone said to me, I think it was Bev said to me last week, well, we've never had the diocese pay for a priest to be here. Well, maybe there's a first time. Maybe sitting in the Sabbath and asking for the power of heaven to support us is a very important thing. So that's the testimony I offer you. And that story is still not complete. That story is in action. So please keep watching this space. But when we make decisions and when we do things in the moment of Sabbath, we may or may not agree with them. We may or may not see the wisdom in it at different times. But we can never see a moment of being trampled or ruined. We can see that that's the best we can do in the moment. And God is with us and God will stay with us. Because if I've been called to this space, then God also has a calling for you to work with me, to redeem and, re and, re and refresh this space and the parish as well. So your Sabbath is just as important as mine because you're part of this journey just as much as I am. As we finish up today, I'd like you to consider the faith matters task. And it's simply all I'm asking you to do is whether in your mind or on a piece of paper or actually in your diary, just think of the, just write down the number of times you invite God into your day and the number of tasks you do. Don't change your practice, just go with what you've normally done. And then just go at the end of the week and say, well, how many times did I invite God into my day? How many tasks have I done without God's influence in my life? Just have a look and see what that's telling you. Are you happy with that? Are you not happy with that? Do you think that anything can change? I mean, some of us really, every time we make a decision, are very disciplined at praying and inviting God. So keep doing that. 
don't ease up on that. But if your diary is saying you're making lots and lots of decisions in your life and yet the time that you pray to God and offer them is minimal, well, can I ask you to change that? Just see by praying to God what difference that can make in your day. My experience as a person, as a father, as a priest, is that in situations where I ask for God's counsel, I might not like what God has to ask me to do. I might sit there and go, Lord, you're asking me to do what? And you're asking me to do it that way? It just, sometimes it's counterintuitive and just doesn't fit what I'm thinking. But whenever I've done things in the power of God, People have felt the love in my heart. People have never felt trampled or ruined. So I invite you into a space that allows the power of God to be in your life so that you know that the love of God is in you and surrounding you. And as you move forward, you are lifting people up around you and seeking the best and the highest good for all concerned in the power of the Spirit. Mary chose a better part and whatever happens out of the moment where she sits with Jesus and receives his grace, that will never be taken away from her. When I choose to sit with God and choose the better part, the grace that God gives me will will never be taken away from me. And when you choose to sit with God in the better part, Well, that grace will be given to you and will never be taken away from you. And whenever we have grace, the blessings are always far more than the cost to our life. The Lord be with you.